I'm getting the finger pointed to me. I think we're online. I think we're good to go. I think we're good to go. <laughs> uh, glad to have you here. If you're watching on Facebook Live, if you're listening on podcasts later, uh, this isn't live. This is recorded and uh, sent to you for your listening pleasure, whether you're at the gym or driving to the wharf, whatever you're doing this week. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, we are in our series, Better Than You Think. Think. <laughs> See, every time, even when I'm preaching, Four I, weeks in. I want to say better than you thought. Yes. Every time I pause, yeah. like, are we thinking or are we thoughting? Yeah. But we're thinking. Yeah. So. It, uh, we've even made graphics that say thought and then had to go back and change them because we mix it up. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, you have thought about this. One of the things I've noticed is that people are tracking this series. They are. People yeah. are intrigued. And I think what intrigues a lot of people, and if you're watching and you want to comment at any point or throw a question out, Mark's kind of tracking that. But what I'm hearing from people is... They have carried a Bible around, maybe for years or decades, but fundamentally not understood how that book fit together. Absolutely. Like, they know it starts in Genesis. They know there's a revelation at the end. <laughs> Jesus shows up 75% of the way through the book, as you said. Yeah. But that first 75% is super fuzzy. So this book that is so endearing to them and has such value and such meaning to their life and faith has remained a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. So to be able to unpack it, I think that's why this series is tracking the way that it is because it does yeah. it is important to them. Yeah, and and I'm not sure people, when we first started it, would have thought like, "What are you going to talk about for eight yeah. weeks? How are you going to yeah. stretch this out?" <laughs> and and the reality that we we've been wrestling yeah. with is how do you squeeze this into eight yeah, weeks, yeah. right? Because yeah. it it covers so much ground. Yeah. So we did do week four. Uh, if you if you are listening to this podcast, there's probably a podcast in your bin. You can go back and listen to week four, Exile, that you preached. Uh, and people noticed that I set you up. People noticed. Yeah. <laughs> people who were paying attention noticed. Yeah. But that was by design. Absolutely. Uh, we yeah. looked at these eight weeks. We looked at the fall as a whole. And we knew that week three and week four would be the heavy lifting. Yeah. We knew that setting up Israel as a nation, uh, their exile, the exit, we, we knew that was, so I just kind of gave it to you and said, I'll cover <laughs> the fall. Yeah. You gotta lift those two things. And man, you yeah. crushed it. Well done. Awesome. Uh, I you. think anybody who's tracking is will affirm that preaching on multi-thousand years of history <laughs> <laughs> over the course of one hour, two sermons yeah. is... Yeah is Jedi level mastery. <laughs> did I use that right? Sure. You did. Star Wars you did. Right? Well done. Uh, I remember it's one year ago. You watched it a it's year ago. One year ago that I told the church I was going to watch Star Wars and it worked its way into sermons. I even got a Star Wars mug from somebody. So Fantastic. I'm just going to pull Jedi in as I see yep. fit. Yeah. Whether it's out of context or not. Contextually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you did, you, you were masterful in how you handled it. How did you feel? You had to, you, you had a lot to work. Through. It was, it was, a, I feel better now. Yeah. Um, but man, heading into each week, you, as, as a preacher, you understand yeah. you can write a sermon and feel a certain way about it, but you really don't know what it's going to be like until yeah. you're done. And, and so each week I went into it thinking, oh boy, how are people going to respond to a whole sermon on Israel yeah. and their exile? Um, but was was really encouraged, felt really good about how they went, just from a standpoint of people really tracking and and engaging with it and hearing comments afterwards about like, okay, things clicked. Yeah. Okay, I now I understand certain things and taking familiar books and verses and giving them a context outside of 
Oh, I pinpoint right. yeah, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. We all yeah. know the verse. Yeah. Very few of us might have understood where it came from. Yeah. And so I love that as a pastor and a preacher mm-hmm. that people went, oh, yeah, yeah, that like that's the win. Yeah. So. And I got I got texts and had comments from people like, man, I appreciated actually that it was condensed. Mm. I think even when we read the Old Testament, we get lost in the forest. Right. Like you're so there's, deep. There's a lot of forest. Well, you're so deep into Ezekiel and you're like, what is this about again? Yeah. Or you're, you're bogging your way through Jeremiah or Lamentations. You're like, I, I forget where I'm going in this. Like, this is, yeah. It's so thick and meaty. So actually the doing the condensed version is actually the gift. Mm. Like, let's just hit mm-hmm. the high points real quick. Yeah. Um, like you had super neat maps and history <laughs> and all kinds of <laughs> stuff. But I think that yeah. actually if they read the Bible feeling like it's black and white, you put mm. a color a color version in front of them. You put right. a colored TV right. where the black and white one was. Like, oh, like this starts to make sense to me. Yeah. And I heard that from a number of people. So well awesome. done. That's perfect. That's the goal. So I heard what they thought stood out to them. Mm. You had to go through all the stuff. What did you personally find most interesting as you were digging around? I think what, what I found out, it's kind of like the... I'll call it the the Honda Civic example. When you buy a car, yeah. you think like, I bet I'm the only one in this community with this blue Civic. And then you start driving around and you see them everywhere. Yeah. Israel and exile have turned out to be like that a lot. That the more I dug into these concepts, the more you see it yeah. all through scripture. And was even surprised myself at how prevalent it is, the way that it weaves its way through uh, how many times the Bible calls back. Yeah. yeah. Cer- and, and when you think about like different people wrote that in completely different centuries, but the way that it just intertwines so well together, but yeah, it, it, just a surprising amount of like, Oh, these are really thick themes yeah. that are Genesis to revelation. Yeah. And you start to see them a lot in a lot more places than, than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I was messaging a friend uh, last night, actually, about the sermon series we're in. They're tracking it from out west and they're kind of enjoying it. And almost 15 years ago, he and I kind of made a pack together. We went down to uh, Truth and Life Christian Bookstore. We picked up two new Bibles each, and we made a deal. Let's read the Bible as fast as possible. And I think the goal was like 60 days. Whoa. The whole Bible. So the, the deal was let's put every other book on the shelf, let's wipe out our slate, and let's just let's just duct tape that thing to our hand. It was, before I had my phone, I could do right, that on. Right. So we did. So he knocked that thing out in like 59 days or 60. I was like wow. 78 days or something. I just I couldn't read that fast. Um, but we were messaging this week saying, while that might not be the best way to get spiritual food, it was the best way to get the narrative. Mm. Yes. And I think what yeah. you did was allow people to watch a movie in a single sitting versus watch the movie and pushing pause 39 times. Like, right. I'm lost now. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. When you read your Bible and you don't do it quick sometimes, you lose the narrative. You lose what's happening. So you kind of did that for people. Yeah. Which is which is encouraging. And, and I find, which is what the whole series is doing, is pr- trying to give right. the singular narrative. Right. And I find that when you do that, pieces fit together a yeah. whole lot better. Yeah. And, um, and I think it did it for me even in preparation. Yeah. Just like, Oh, this, this does connect really well. And even books of the Bible 
that you would think like, where does Obadiah fit in? <laughs> Realizing like, oh, he was a minor prophet during this specific exile talking about that specific thing. Just help. It, it just kind of locks that in. Yeah. So hopefully as we read our Bibles, um, there'll be more of that. Oh, I know where it fits rather than yeah. today I opened my Bible and this was the thing and I have no idea what it's about, but yeah. Neat verses. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> mm. as a preacher, I know you leave so much on the cutting room floor. Mm. What, what was, you don't have to unpack it right now, but yeah. what's one angle that you feel like, man, if I had two hours, I would have loved to dig into. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this to you earlier. We didn't get into the sacrificial system yeah. and atonement. Um, why do animals have to die? Yeah. What's the significance of blood? Yeah. It, you see all of these stories from Abraham and Isaac uh, the Passover with blood on the wall. Like there's so much of yeah. that and it connects so well to Jesus and the cross. Um, we just didn't, it was one of those things like speaking on Israel and exile, you just didn't have time yeah. to crack it open. Uh, but that's one thing I, I remember my mind being blown, yeah. connecting Passover with Jesus's death and the blood on, on the like, Oh, right. Yeah. This is all, yeah perfectly timed yeah and I, I wish i could have been able to go there but well and the beauty of a series like this is that i'm getting to the cross in two weeks right and we get to go back and look at why did jesus have to shed his blood there so if yeah. people are tracking along like well i can't believe he didn't touch this like well we might it's just we might yeah. tie it in like we've been we've been forecasting through the series mm -hmm. we're soon gonna call backwards through right. the series flashbacks like one of the things i'm excited about as just by way of teaser there's a part in the sermon about the cross that i want to touch on that goes straight back to genesis chapter three mm. and i teed it up then and just kind of let it hang yeah. until week seven so i think there's even listeners in the room who feel like closure <laughs> i need closure yeah like, no no like, if you will join us for the eight weeks yeah pretend you're at camp meeting pretend you're a part of the right, long right. journey let this unfold, mm -hmm. but we want it now. Close every sermon yeah. perfectly, wrap it all off, get yeah. all the details in. That's impossible. And and we deliberately left this week feeling a little tense. Yeah. Without That was the goal yeah. of this is how they would have felt, yeah. and now we're waiting. Yeah. And, and, and so, I, yeah, I think that's okay to do. It's okay. I think it's okay to leave the church feeling a little bit like, oh, what now? Yeah, yeah. It's good for us it to It might let wrestle. us feel what they felt for a moment. If we have right. to wait seven days, they had to wait 400 years. Yeah. Uh, just in the silent period. Right. So I, th I think we can hang tight. <laughs> we can do seven days. <clears throat> so let me shift gears slightly before I clear my throat. While I clear my throat. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me and sorry for all those listeners who had to hear me clear my throat. <laughs> um, the room was interestingly quiet. And I don't think it had anything to do with your preaching style or content. But as I sat there, and even as I did the closing, there was a real quietness to things. Mm -hmm. My opinion, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it, is I think people who call themselves Christians who've been in church for a long time, especially, we're still catching up to the notion of, what do you mean we're in exile? Right. It has not always felt like that. What are you talking about? How do you, what do you think like the people who've been in the church since the 50s and 60s and 70s to now... Do you think they realize it's exile? Like, mm. It hasn't always been this way. No, I, I think by and large, up until recent history, we have avoided the feeling of exile because we've lived in a continent where the church really yeah. wasn't. Yeah. We were able to do as we pleased. Yeah. And, and it was almost 
endorsed and and encouraged by our government officials. Yep. And yep. I remember elementary school praying the Lord's Prayer, like public Same. school. Like Same. you think about that now, like woo, yeah. <laughs> times have changed. Yeah. Um, all of those things lead the church to feeling like, oh, this is my home. Yeah. This is a Christian nation, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. And and the detriment of that is that we confuse being a holy nation right. in the larger nation right. that really isn't. And there, there's certainly benefits to it, yeah. but there's also some negative side effects to it. But I think a lot of us haven't felt it maybe until the last right. 10 years even. As, as things that would be seen as fundamentally not biblical got legalized and decisions mm. were made like wait a minute yeah i don't think it's favorable to be a christian anymore we were on that trajectory for a while yeah as i said i think i only said it in the third service my dad being a pastor was invited to our elementary school to pray in the morning Crazy. and i remember when that stopped it was like yeah, yeah. we're not going to do that anymore because if we pray for your religion we'll have to do that for all the religions mm-hmm. and we're not going to so we're out with the like we weren't a Christian nation as much as we were a nation that accepted cultural Christianity right. and the values. And I think in some communities, pastors were leaders. Pastors had influence. Pastors yeah. like carried sway. And the, what the church thought on a matter mattered. Mm-hmm. That seems laughable in 2020. Yeah. It, 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 and it's crazy how quickly it changed. I think it's changed in Canada a lot more Absolutely. than down in the States Absolutely. and they might not feel similarly or yeah. they're, they're feeling it they're feeling right now, now yeah. in, in a new way. But yeah, I, I think you're bang on, yeah. but I think one of the downfalls of that cultural Christianity is that it watered down our faith Absolutely, because we combined political freedom with spiritual freedom yeah. and our faith really took a back seat yeah. because they didn't have to do anything else. Yeah. Everyone came to church. They yeah. knew the stories. Like there was no urgency and, and there was no need to even stand up to your convictions culturally. Yeah. And so I think, I think it dulled our faith, yeah. which yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. I think we got very comfortable. And I mean, I, I was very clear in my closing. I said that we're in exile. I did not say we're in persecution. Mm. Like Different. let's be abundantly clear. Yep. Our nation does not value the Christian values currently. But last time I checked, we have charitable status. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if I give financially to a, a, a charitably recognized church or, or, or nonprofit, we get a tax credit. We get a tax break. The government is favorable mm-hmm. to us funding it. You and I have little Wesleyan pocket cards we carry <laughs> around every day that uh, I do is attached to a number that the province of Nova Scotia has on file and when you sign Reverend Mark Brewer with your number, they recognize that you are allowed to marry that couple or you could right. sign a passport or you are, you are recognized in the province. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have that with exile. With persecution, that may all be gone someday. Right. But, but, but while we are holding on, we are no longer favorable status. Mm-hmm. Like when there's a vote going down, I don't hear people say, I wonder what the church thinks about this. Yeah. Call the reverend. Let's get him down here immediately. Like, yeah. but that was a thing once upon a time. Yeah, I've never been on a plane where someone urgently said, "Is there a reverend on this plane?" <laughs> like, it's no, yeah, no, never happened. Even but. if you, even you said about the South and the states, if you watch old westerns, mm. or if you watch things out of the South where the football team is gathering, like reverend, come have a prayer. Yeah, like there's still this notion 
of the pastor in the church, but you start moving up into the states, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Seattle, New England, and up into Canada, Right, that's been long gone yep. for, for eons. Yeah, it's over. So I, I think for a lot of people, though, who remember the 60s and 70s when the church had favor, I mean, look how many churches would have been in Yarmouth itself back mm. in the day. Mm-hmm. Churches everywhere. Yeah. I think just realizing, oh, that's over mm-hmm. is a sobering saddening feel yeah. if I empathize where our church and, people are at. And I think a lot of the concern, because people start to panic yeah. when they realize the church is losing yeah. its position in culture, because the panic is we equate that with persecution. Right. Right. And I think it is a, yeah. a really important designation yeah. that not being a Christian nation doesn't mean we're persecuted. Yeah. And and the government allowing things like legal marijuana or yeah. things the church wouldn't necessarily yeah. be for Again, doesn't mean I'm being attacked. Although if 2020 rages on right. more, I might, uh, sorry, scratch that from the, from the podcast. Uh, but I it, know, I, I hear you. Right? It's, like, and people, well, the church has to say something. We've got to change that government. No, my job yeah. as a Christian isn't to change government laws. Right. It, it's to live almost subversively yeah. in our culture yeah. in a way that preaches a different kingdom altogether. And I've just got to understand that the government is doing everything it's doing because it's trying to do what's right for all kinds of religions and people and faith and, and whatever. So, well, I I think, I think if we shift to the other question, I want us to kick around for a few minutes is kind of where in our humbled opinion, where do we think the church is excelling and Mm -hmm. where can we use a little bit of correction? I, I think one of the places where we, we as Christians have, are starting to get corrected, but we probably didn't always do this so well, is that we took our Christian values and placed them on the secular nation. Right. And then we stood and shook our fist at, like, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're yeah. legal. I can't believe you're... But we didn't really handle our business inside the church either, mm. if we can be brutally honest. <laughs> I yeah. think there was a lot of grandstanding while we had stuff in our homes and our lives that were against our own values that we stood for. Right. So it's not even like, so I think the world watched us yell at them while our stuff wasn't being handled. And that probably wasn't our best, not that we'll we'll always struggle with that, but that wasn't our best time. Yeah. We're railing against, you know, I've seen, I mean, not so much anymore. We've just lived with it. But I remember back when gay marriage yeah. was a massive issue and the church yeah. is flipping out and protesting. Yeah. And and the response was, don't half of you get divorces, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, shouldn't we figure out our own marriages before yeah. we talk about anyone else's? Yeah. And, and isn't the goal to model our marriage as a witness yeah. rather than to, yeah. you know, speak down against someone else. And so, yeah, we, we've missed the mark in some key areas because we were so intent on pointing out cultures, failures that much like Israel, we had our own and we, we were dropping. And, and and even when you watched uh, the abortion uh, rallies and things where sharp people said, then shouldn't the church be the leading force in adoptions? Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah. I, and I think while anytime you put on hotly divisive political subjects on the table, people just kind of uh, mm-hmm. freak out. I think the reality is, at least the church I grew up in, no fault to individuals, mm-hmm. but just the season of, of time that was, we were just better at shaking our fist at what we were against. Yeah, I just think as a, as a principle, we were really good at saying we're not for that. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. 
versus, and we'll come but. along with this. <laughs> right. <clears throat> we people shouldn't be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then feed them. Yeah. People shouldn't be without clothes. Then dress like we we yeah. weren't taking Jesus' words seriously. We forgot how to be salt and light. Mm. So. <clears throat> I do think there's some correction coming there. Yeah. I think the church is rallying around. And, and I think fittingly, finding ourselves in exile helps tighten up Absolutely. those those distinctions because we recognize the urgency yeah. of stepping up and living a certain way yeah. rather than just yeah. saying it. And yeah. is it in James where the guy's like, you you pray like you you see someone who's naked and hungry and you're like, well, I pray that you get warm and get food. Have a good yeah. day. And then walk away like, oh, man, that that has been the picture of the modern church. Um, Again, we're generalizing, but for a lot of my years in the church. Absolutely. And so seeing kind of the thing hopefully turn the other way where more and more people are stepping up and saying, I'll do what's required of me. Not just because it's good or because I'm social justice minded, but because I think it matters to my faith. Yeah. And how I'm bearing witness to what I want people to see yeah. God doing. Well, yeah, a- absolutely. And while you quickly scroll Facebook and see who's commenting, yeah. since I'm such a, an innate encourager, <clears throat> let me give a word of encouragement to the church. <laughs> it's my love language. Um, I think that what the ch- where the church is doing really well is this rallying for justice now. Mm. Uh, I think the generations that really, I think our generations is about the teetering point the next generation coming behind is really for the movement of the church, yeah. uh, getting the gospel mobile, going and serving. Uh, you use the word social justice. I think the danger, because every generation seems to pendulum swing, they're, they're for the social justice without it being rooted in truth of God right. and his word. Yeah. So the older generations had the truth down but forgot to put it into action. <laughs> The younger generation is all about action or at least creating awareness for possible action. Yes. <laughs> leave, that, yeah. leave that hanging there for a minute. But not always grounded in the character and nature of God and the truth of his yeah. word. Yeah. So it's, it gets misguided at times because mm-hmm. it's not rooted. And so while we were rooted with no action, there's sometimes action with no rootage. And it just kind of flies off everywhere. Right. Which doesn't end up being a witness right. in any capacity. You're just the Red Cross again. Right. Yeah. Which is good, yeah, but not the call. Well, the world has Red Cross. The right. church needs to be the distinctively the church. Yeah. Anything firing off on Facebook with this? Just a lot of people saying they've really enjoyed the series yeah. and, and thinking about things in a different way. And yeah. I, and I think as we get close to that time of the day, um, you're doing something online tonight yes. at 7 p.m. 7 o'clock. On the church's Facebook. Yes. Yep. And it really will be an overview of the Old Testament um, in a a way that we didn't get to cover. It's not the sermon again. You'll hear a lot of things you heard, but hopefully with more context around them and in between them. And and it's really just a way of helping people continue to see the narrative. It is an overview. There won't be an in-depth dive into anything. It'll be... Here's how to read the Old Testament. Here's how the stories connect. Here's where each book of the Bible fits into this narrative. So that when you go read it, hopefully you'll be able to know, 
Oh, I know the time period of yep. this and I know what they're talking about. Mm. So logistics, if someone's watching this on Facebook Live right now, podcast is probably going to be a hair too late. But they can yeah. probably catch it later, right? But it'll be on Facebook. Right. So, yeah. so give someone <clears throat> logistics. Where do they go for the, that thing tonight? Is it Facebook Live? It is. Yep. Go to the church's Facebook page yep. and we'll be live. Can they, if they're, if they're engaging, is it a back and forth or is it just a one direction? Yeah, the goal of... All of the benefit of Facebook Live is that everyone is able to ask a question. Okay. And so I will be kind of walking us through the stuff. But if people are there and have questions, I would love them okay. and can stop and answer those. Okay. And it, it works out quite well that way. How long are they on for? Probably 45 to 60 minutes. Okay. So yep. this, this is a little bit bigger, a little yep. meatier. Yeah. Grab a coffee, put your feet up. It, we will get to cover things like, here's the sacrificial system. Right. Um, I even acknowledge this when we went through our timeline. Like, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people we yeah. didn't get yeah. to go through. And so just a little bit more, but yeah. still an overview. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think these things are such value to our faith. I mean, even as I'm sitting there, like when you said, uh, who loves history? I just want to go, yeah. <laughs> which, I, which I was anticipating. I despise history. I am now or future focused. I just, yeah. yesterday's over, yeah. let alone 4,000 years ago. <laughs> this is why you gave me those sermons. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, know your giftings and your weaknesses and let the guy teach you, let the guy who can teach, teach. Um, but even sitting there, be, just being reminded if you're listening or watching this, the Old Testament is actually simpler than you think. Mm. Like it's better, it is. but it's simpler. I think we look at how wide of a, like how many pages, yeah. but it's actually this way. It's dense. Mm-hmm. It's, we put them all end to end to end to end to end, yeah. but we forget that a, the, a bunch of these prophets go on top of these kings, and kings is a repeat of Chronicles and vice versa. Like, yeah. I think for you to be able to do that with people, to help them put it densely, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this this is I can do this. Yeah. Versus I I this is too big. Which we have we have vaguely grasped right. that with the gospels. Right. We know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all cover the same story, yeah. but differences. Yeah. The Old Testament does the exact same thing. We're just not as aware of it because we're not as familiar with yeah. those books. But like yeah. you said, Kings and Chronicles, these these books overlap. Absolutely. We just need a better picture of yep. what's the narrative here. You stick Jonah in there and you realize, like, yeah. uh, I like how you touched on the rebuilding of the wall, which is actually comes way at the end of the Old Testament. Right. Ezra yeah. and Nehemiah belong at the end. Yeah. And so to, to, for you to do that and make it user-friendly, I think the rewatchability, like, I think people should watch that sermon a couple times and put your put your pot put your uh, seminar tonight on while you're doing the dishes and let it soak right. a few times. Like, that's one of those ones you have to catch. Yeah, a few times going through, and and hopefully have some kind of document even yeah. <laughs> that you yeah. can put in your Bible that says, "Here's where that book belongs." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because for whatever reason, your Bible doesn't already say yeah. that. Yeah, I I wish they'd make a user friendly Bible. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a bad critique. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty the user friendly. Bible publishers but like, out there. Yeah, can't you just put a quick timeline? You I put know. maps in there. Yeah. Help us figure this thing yeah. out, but yeah, I think I think there are a couple that try, but yeah, there's uh, Caleb got an action Bible for his birthday, yes. and I'm actually quite excited. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm <laughs> actually quite excited just to see how this how they walk through the Old Testament because mm-hmm. you want to talk about incredible stories, go to the Old Testament. I love those stories. If you like movies, you have to like the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. 
like whatever movie you like, there's probably an Old Testament version of it. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's good. Which anyway. is your, you're wired for New Testament current yeah. day. I, I am wired Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. I love those stories. Yeah. Would, would stay there and preach for too long well, with listen, stuff like Joseph and Jonah and like, oh, those are great. Listen, it came through. Uh, I said to you before, you actually preached historical content like it was compelling truth. So right, well done. Right. <laughs> That's the I, goal. Well, just like you weren't faking it. It mattered mm. to you and mm-hmm. the, the church family picked up on that. So that's just yeah. fantastic. Um, we'll wrap up uh, episode four here, but we are moving into Jesus. We are. Jesus is coming. You, it's soon. Uh, you left the cliffhanger that there was a prophet coming. Yeah. And by God's grace, all set up what that prophet came to do and what he came to fulfill for those people mm-hmm. in exile. And the teaser is we're also kicking off Advent. Yeah. And I think people want to be introduced to baby Jesus lying in a manger this week. Right. And I don't think we're Will so get excited <laughs> that a baby showed up as much as a king showed up. All right. And so I think we need to even reorient. Like, oh, can we just do the baby Jesus lying in a manger? Mm-hmm. Like, well, the king showed up. Yeah. Let's, let's get there. Yeah. So I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for God to give me a sermon between now and Thursday right. night. <laughs> I'm really excited all around. But I know the king's coming. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.